Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Nothing is over until we decide it is. It's time for the Chicago Blackhawks postgame show on the Blackhawks Radio Network. Here's Joe Brand. One last chance for this Blackhawks team to end this road, road losing skid. Because tonight, the Edmonton Oilers continue being the hottest team in the NHL. They stretch out their winning streak to 15 straight games with a 3 nothing win over the Blackhawks tonight in Canada. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. We're taking you up to 11.30 tonight. 312-981-7200 if you'd like to call or if you'd like to text. But right now we're going to head back on up to Canada and bring in our pal Troy Murray from the Rogers Places. Hawks unable to find much offense again tonight. A 3 nothing winner for the Edmonton Oilers, Troy. And I mean, this is kind of the same conversation we were having last night. A few chances, but a good offense like Edmonton, like Seattle, it's tough to slow down, especially guys like Connor McDavid and Zach Hyman tonight. But a few chances just still not good enough for this team right now that's lacking a lot of offensive talent. That's what's missing right now. The effort is there, the, the execution sometimes a little bit off, but they've created enough opportunities to score some more goals than they have. They just, it's just, it's not, it's not the forte of the lineup of what the Blackhawks have uh, to put the puck in the net. I mean, they're just, they don't have the elite skill to finish plays. They work hard, they compete, they're a team that's sticking together. There's so much to like about this group, but at the same time, you know, at some point you got to find a way to score some goals, and they just haven't been able to do that on a consistent basis. It also seemed like Edmonton kind of really started to find their groove, started to find their rhythm as this game went along. I mean, they're a good team. You you talked about it in the pregame show. They can flip the switch whenever they want, but they also just kind of grew into their game, and you can, you can see why they're winning 15 games in a row right now. They're getting a lot of contributions from other players on their roster and and you know i i still think they're kind of a flawed roster but they've they've gotten some some pretty good results out of the guys who aren't named mcdavid and and dry and that's important for this this group of guys i don't know where they're going to end up but uh, boy they're 25 and 6 under chris knobloch which is the best mark in the nhl since he took over by quite a bit and this is a team that is has really gone on fire and they've gone on a great run and when you look at what separates a lot of these games from whether the Blackhawks are going to win or they're going to lose it's the elite players on the opposition team stepping it up and the Blackhawks really just don't have an answer for guys like McDavid and Dreisaitl and Hyman uh, these guys are elite NHL players and the Blackhawks you know they they don't have those breakout guys they don't have the 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 guy that uh, can make the difference by scoring a, a goal like that like Connor Bedard in the in the lineup and he's one of those game breakers and Edmonton's got him with their top players and then when they start firing all cylinders when they start working hard you know the Blackhawks just don't have enough to match them and you look on the blue line they're a little bit thin but at the same time 
you know, you got to play six guys back there in defense. The matchup's sometimes not in favor, and you, you look at the ability of, of these teams to separate themselves with their elite players more so than really anything else. And I thought the Blackhawks, you know, they they worked hard in this game, and they were as good as the bottom six of the Edmonton Oilers, but just not enough to match the, the skilled players of the Oilers when they ramped it up. Does Connor McDavid still impress you a little bit more every time you see him? I mean, yeah, he's a phenomenal player to watch. And, uh, you know, every time he's out there on the ice, you kind of have an eye on what he's doing there. And, and he drifts away from plays and then waits for the opportunity. And then those he's probably got the best one-two stride in the NHL to get to full speed. And, and when he does that, it's just he separates himself from everybody. And, and there's, no, there's nothing you can do about it. The play that he made there to score the second goal, a little bit of a scrum at, at center ice, and Kevin Korczynski's got to be stronger in that area. They got the, they dug the puck out, and, and all of a sudden, bang, like two strides, and he's out wide on, on Megna, and then he feeds it back to Hyman. And you, just, you look at the ability for him to do things in a game that nobody else can do, and it's pretty amazing. And I love watching him. He's, he's a phenomenal player, and uh, you know maybe one of the things that... that the Blackhawks shouldn't have done early in this game was what Jason Dickinson did is tick him off a little bit <laughs> and, and put him in the penalty box and uh, you know get him really engaged into the game and he came out there and he was dominant after and you know I'm just kidding because Dickinson you know again did an excellent job when he's out there against him and uh, he's just one of those special players that comes along every now and then Edmonton, very lucky to have him here, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, him turning on the Jets on that second goal tonight, like you said, it reminded me of the goal he scored at the United Center just a couple of weeks ago. They made a 2-1 Edmonton that time where he came off the bench, and, and he's just gone. He's just there, There's nothing you can do. He's just gone. Yeah, and, and people have tried to figure out why he is such a, a, a much better skater than everybody in the NHL. And, you know, these guys are all great skaters. They all work hard at these camps in the summer, and for McDavid to be just that much faster than the average bear in the NHL is incredible. He's just got a knack and a skill that is unique. And boy, it's a, you know the NHL is lucky to have a player like McDavid. All right, Troy. We'll leave you with this: If you become commissioner, I should say, when you become commissioner of the NHL, first order of business: Are you giving coaches the opportunity to change a penalty shot to a power play, or? Are you banning the wave throughout every NHL arena? I'm banning the wave. Okay. Said, signed, sealed, and delivered. Yeah, not even close. <laughs> I, I don't know. What is that, the 60s? What it, when was that popular? Uh, oh, the, the Stevie Wonder song? Or the no, pop the wave. Oh, the wave? Uh, Stevie Wonder song. Where did you get that from? Because <laughs> I said signed, sealed, delivered. Uh, John, John's like, he's, he's giving me the 70s sign. I don't really care when it started. I don't <laughs> like it. I, I mean, I'm doing way too much research for you guys tonight. Now i gotta, now I got to look up when the wave was made uh, or made or popularized. I don't know. I, how, how about Jim Porter? You know, one of our listeners tweeted out uh, that USA Hockey um, – has that option? I, I really was. I was not aware of that, and uh, yeah, I, I thanked him for listening and tweeting out that, and something that maybe you can dig deeper into. Huh? Oh, well, I got plenty of time to do it. <laughs> I'd rather you do it than me. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> 
All right. I think you should check out a lot of things, Joe. Yeah, well, I'm going to... pass them along to me. <laughs> I'm going to have plenty of time to do it, so uh, I'll, I'll be sure to have you a, a full detailed report by Saturday when the Hawks uh, play Calgary. Yeah, one last chance before the break to burst this bubble of 19 straight on the road. Uh, all losses. Wow. Yeah, it'd be nice to end it with a win. We'll see if they can do that in a couple yeah, of nights. Yeah, it sure would, and it, it would certainly put a nice little spin on, on the break that... The Blackhawks certainly need to have right now. Maybe some healthy bodies come back after the break and get some reinforcement in that area as well. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I hear you. All right, pal. Great stuff. Safe travels, and we'll talk to you in a couple of nights. All right. Good job, Joe. All right. Likewise. That is Troy Murray. He and John Weideman on the call tonight from Edmonton as the Blackhawks fall to the Oilers 3 nothing. We're taking this postgame show up to 11.30 tonight here on 720 WGN. 312-981-7200. You can call or you could text as we recap this one where, unfortunately, very similar to last night, Hawks having a few offensive opportunities, not able to capitalize, not for lack of effort. I'll use, I'll steal the phrase that Troy has used a few times earlier this year. It's not for lack of effort, but maybe lack of execution. But it's also pretty glaring that the Hawks are just missing their elite goal scorers right now. Connor Bedard, not available. Taylor Hall, who was looking to be such an important piece of this offense at the beginning of this year, quickly ending his season due to an ACL injury. They have gotten Nick Felino back. We've seen a lot of contributions from guys like Jason Dickinson, even Colin Blackwell and Joey Anderson lately. But when those guys don't perform, the roster gets a little thin, and that's the case tonight. Unfortunately, I, I, I can't really glow about Lucas Reichel's performance tonight. Uh, taking a look at the score sheet in his first game back after a couple of healthy scratches, he finished with 13 minutes and 46 seconds of time on ice. That's not the least among the forwards, but uh, it is a little bit low there. One shot on goal, one takeaway, and uh, one face-off lost for Lucas Reichel. I, I really can't diagnose his game good or bad either way, but there really wasn't much to show, much to point out from this one. Uh, that is a little frustrating. You, I, I was really excited to see what type of stride forward he could make after a couple of healthy scratches. Uh, the coaching staff trying to light a fire underneath him. Doesn't mean it still can't happen. It could happen Saturday night against Calgary, and then maybe things will turn around after the All-Star break, but I mean, let's face it, we're continuing to have this conversation and, and this criticism of Lucas Reichel throughout this entire year. Let's also point out Edmonton is very good right now, especially uh, 15 straight games. That is a record for NHL teams in Canada, which is surprising enough, and they're just too shy of the all-time NHL record of 17 straight wins. And they are rolling right now. They've clearly got a lot of offensive talent. They're getting backed up by a ton of great goaltending, not just Stuart Skinner, but tonight's goalie of Calvin Pickard. So the Edmonton Oilers doing everything right, and the start they got off to definitely put their fan base into a little bit of a frenzy, worrying if they were going to spoil another year with guys like McDavid and Dreisaitl and Evander Kane and Zach Hyman and Darnell Nurse. But they have really flipped things around and uh, made it look like the right decision to change the head coach, removing Jay Woodcroft, bringing in Chris Knobloch. And this team is now, I think, 27 
uh, excuse me, 25-6-0 under their new head coach, Chris Knobloch, and clearly uh, just absolutely rolling right now. 312-981-7200 if you'd like to join us. Our guy Devin in Payless Hills chimes in often and wants to talk about the officiating. Go ahead, Devin. Hi, Joe. It, uh, it seemed like tonight there were a couple bad or missed calls that really swayed the outcome of the game, I feel like, tonight. For example, the uh, the Nick Foligno penalty late in the first period, I felt like that was a, a very weak tripping call. It seemed to me like he got the, the puck first. And, of course, that leads to the game-winning goal. It also seemed like the referee uh, missed a, an interference call on Evander Kane when he prevented Nick Foligno from making the play on the puck. He wasn't even close to, to the puck, and he just got laid out at the blue line. And it just seems like in the NHL today, and I'm not the only one complaining, and it's always sound like this where fans are complaining, but it seems like especially this year, the officiating has been subpar to say the least. What's your thoughts on that? All right, thank you very much, Devin. That's Devin in Payless Hills, 312-981-7200. If you'd like to join in, uh, I do agree with you on the original penalty called on Nick Foligno that led to a tripping call, which led to a power play at the end of the first period and eventually gave Connor McDavid a power play goal to begin the second period. I'm with you. Uh, Troy pointed it out right away. I flipped over to the TV broadcast as soon as it happened, too, and Darren Pang shared the same sentiments that Foligno's just going down there to break up the puck, and that is what he touches first. Then as he's going down, as he's kind of swerving around, his hand does collide with the Edmonton skater, which takes him down, but... Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think that should be called a penalty. Now, saying that, it's one call, it's one goal, it's not why the Hawks lost this game. It's definitely a part of it, but it's not the reason why. If if you are frustrated with it, I think you're right to be, but it's not the full definition of why the Hawks lost this game. Even if that doesn't happen, Hawks came away with no goals tonight. Uh, I think you do have to give credit to Edmonton's goaltender of Calvin Picard, 27 saves tonight. Uh, A shutout for him, his first of the year, his fifth of his career, his first against the Hawks. But now the Hawks are shut out for the sixth time this year and for the third time in their last five games. And actually, last night's two-goal performance against the Seattle Kraken makes it just two goals for the Hawks in their last three road games. Clearly, that's not a good trend. Uh, The offense has been... Struggling overall, even with those couple of home games uh, against the New York Islanders, it took overtime for the Hawks to win that one. They squeezed out a 2-1 victory against the San Jose Sharks last week in a shootout, so they only got one regulation goal there. I mean, the offense is very dry right now, and part of that is missing guys, mainly Connor Bedard, and part of that is the youth on this roster that's uh, just not quite cutting it against some of the top talent that they're facing right now. Our buddy Ed from Dallas texting in, awful, just awful. Can't watch this minor league team of amateurs playing in the NHL any longer. No hope, no light at the end of the tunnel. Perennial cellar dwellers for the foreseeable future. I doubt, seriously, this team could win any games in the AHL. Seriously. Okay, all right. I don't know if it's that dire, but I, I understand where the frustration's coming from. I understand that this wasn't a fun game to watch. Maybe in the beginning, I, I think even in the first 40 minutes, the Hawks did a really good job of slowing down Edmonton, but at some point, rooting for that gets a little dull. And I understand that. And I I know the Blackhawks front office understands that, too. Uh, Kyle Davidson has mentioned multiple times that even though this 
whole organization is going through a rebuild, like the, the losing still sucks. He, he often brings that up. Luke Richardson often brings that up. And it's kind of interesting, too, because a lot of times when we get the post-game sound show, <laughs> we get the post-game sound for the show, which we are going to get to Mackenzie Entwistle and Isaac Phillips in a bit, uh, it's often the players really frustrated, really disappointed, and then Luke Richardson, yeah, not pleased with the outcome, but still okay with the effort. And that's the better trend that we've been seeing from this team lately. Unfortunately, that also coincides with a lot of losses, including 19 straight on the road. This is a lot of what we did last year, and we were talking about moral victories and uh, moments where the Hawks were able to you know, muster up a good competitive spirit, and that is still pretty much the case. Again, not for a lack of effort, but probably a lack of execution tonight. Uh, but I un- I understand why fans find that draining and have a difficult time getting behind that. I mean, the good news is the Hawks are playing better on the ro- or rather at home. They seem to bring it almost every night uh, since this new resurgence from this team over the past month when they're playing at the United Center. So it is still a fun environment. It also just proves that 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 competitive nature is there. That that. That fight, that ingenuity is there, but clearly they're fighting an uphill battle right now. They're also facing a lot of really good teams. I mean, Edmonton is the hottest team in the league. Seattle's fighting for a playoff spot. They just played Vancouver, who still has the best record in the NHL. I believe so. Boston won today, so maybe not. But either way, the best goal differential. I mean, these are good teams. And Calgary, Calgary's around 500 right now, and actually I think they still might be playing, but that's going to be an eager game for the the Hawks to get the monkey off their back. I mean, the good news is they've had Calgary's number this year. It's the last game before the All-Star break, so you can really empty the tank. Okay, Calgary did lose tonight, a 5-2 winner for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Columbus has been playing some better hockey lately. But now Calgary's going to go into that game with a little chip on their shoulder as well. I mean, remember last year the Hawks kind of, I don't want to say deliberately or uh, directly eliminated Calgary from their playoff chances, but uh, they played a pretty big role in a couple of road victories in Calgary. Uh, One was in January, and then another one was later on in April. So Calgary, who I think has lost their last four or five games to the Hawks, are definitely going to go into that game on Saturday. Uh, That should be a pretty competitive game. Both these teams trying to get the monkey off their back. Both those teams trying to right the ship before the All-Star break. Um, but yeah, this this is definitely a frustrating time right now and, and kind of a, a somber skid. I mean, this 18 straight, now 19 straight road losses is, uh, is tough to justify. And no matter how good the effort is, uh, it's still rough. And that's why Luke Richardson was brought in to this organization to try and keep spirits and and keep momentum up uh, during these dire times in the early stages of a rebuild. Want to get more into this, but we do have to get to some sound, but we got to get to a break as well. Uh, we've got sound from Mackenzie Entwistle and Isaac Phillips as the Hawks fall to the Edmonton Oilers 3 to nothing tonight. 
Give us a call. Give us a text. 312-981-7200. We'll hear from Mackenzie Entwistle when we come back. This is the Blackhawks postgame show, 720 WGN. Mackenzie Entwistle, one-on-one. He picks up the puck at center ice, crosses the oiler line down the left wing, cuts to the slot and shoots, and Pickard is down with a butterfly save. So the score remains. The Oilers won and the Hawks. No score. Boy, Entwistle, he just can't buy a goal right now. We'll get to that Debrinket highlight later on in the postgame show. That's saved by Calvin Pickard, stopping Mackenzie Entwistle on the penalty shot as tonight's save of the game, which is sponsored by ComEd Financial Assistance Programs. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. We're taking you up to 11.30 tonight. We are going to hear from Mackenzie Entwistle in just a bit. If you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. You can give us a call or a text. Uh, I'll shed a little light on you. On these post-game shows, we have that sponsored save of the game, and typically we like to do a save of the game for the Hawks, the Hawks goaltender. It's not that Peter Morazic didn't have good saves tonight, but uh, I like to pull a page out of the Judd Surratt book, who did this job oh so well for so many years, now the great voice of the Boston Bruins over at uh, in Boston. Um he always wanted the save of the game to tell the story of the game, and I, I felt that that save kind of told the story of where the Hawks came up short tonight. Last night, it was the Ryan Donato breakaway that Joey Decord stopped that turned into a Tomas Tatar breakaway and gave the Seattle Kraken a three-goal lead rather than the Hawks getting a one-goal deficit. Kind of the same situation tonight. Entwistle with a chance to tie it late in the second period. That would have been a great way to go into that second intermission with a little bit of energy, come out strong for the third. But he wasn't able to find the back of the net. And listen, stick taps to Calvin Picard tonight. Again, a great shutout. His first of the year, fifth of his career. But uh, that is kind of how the Blackhawks offense is going right now. 312-981-7200 if you'd like to call or if you'd like to text. But for right now, let's hear from Mackenzie and Whistle. Yeah, I mean, um, obviously, uh, yeah, we, we, we couldn't get it done. Uh, close isn't good enough. Um, you know, obviously, they're a great team. They got, uh, you know, a lot of highly offensive guys that can put the puck in the net. So, um, yeah, you know, it's frustrating. Um, but... I guess we stuck in there. We hung in there. Uh, we were in it till the end of the game, which was uh, a good thing. But again, uh, you know, no goals is is not good enough. You guys have been doing that a lot lately. You work hard. You get hanged. Like you said, the goals just aren't coming. How, how frustrated are you guys getting with the offense? Yeah, it's frustrating. I mean, that's I, I don't even know what to say. I, I think uh, you know we're putting up a lot of shots. I, I guess get more traffic and just bearing down on their chances. I. Yeah, I mean, as a player, it's frustrating. I'm sure as fans, it's frustrating. Um, but, uh, yeah, we got to find a way to, to start putting pucks in the net. Yeah. like you had four chances yourself. Yeah. What, what was clicking for your night? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, four chances, but zero goals. So, uh, you know, I, I think uh, my line mates were, were playing pretty well and, and uh, I guess just finding uh, finding spaces. But, um, again, it's, uh, you know, uh, got to start putting the puck in the net. Have you had a penalty shot in the NHL? For? Uh no no not in the NHL no and what was your mentality going there? Yeah I had my uh, had my move I knew I was uh, gonna do I think just uh, you know I was I was gonna go low glove um, and uh, you know he just made a good save. It's 19 straight road losses which ties a franchise record. It's back to the Tampa game as the last road win. Is it kind of hard to wrap your mind around at this point that it's been that long? 
Yeah, yeah. It, it uh, you know, I guess, uh, you know, when you put it that way, all the way back to Tampa, it's, uh, you know, it seems that's that's a long time ago. So, um, yeah, obviously it's frustrating. And, um, you know, I guess the most frustrating part is I think we're in these games and, and then we just can't find a way to, to uh, finish and, and uh, you know, get the job done. So, um, you know, I guess, uh, you know, we got a, a big matchup in Calgary and, and we've played them hard before and, um, you know, hopefully get the two points there. You worry about that seeping in, you know, the road losses and becoming habit. I don't think it's, uh, no, I mean, I don't think it's becoming a habit. I think, uh, you know, we, we uh, prepare well, we do everything, uh, you know, the right way. And, and it's just, a, like I said, it's just a matter of putting the puck in the net. We put the puck in the net. I think, we, what do we have, 30 shots again tonight? So um, it's a matter of just bearing down on our chances. And, um, you know, good teams do that, and good teams find a way to put the puck in the net. And, and uh, right now, um, you know, like I said, I had a breakaway, I had a, I had a penalty shot, I had two glorious chances in front of the net and didn't score. So um, you put those in, we're, uh, you know, it's a different game. Maybe maybe we, uh, we're up a goal um, going into the third. So. Yeah, four shots on goal from McKenzie and Whistle tonight. He was also physical, a couple of hits, a blocked shot. Uh, he only won four out of his 11 face-offs and uh, six shot attempts total from McKenzie and Whistle tonight. Troy gave him our player of the game. We'll also give him our player with the most heart, which is sponsored by Northwestern Medicine. Northwestern Medicine is home to the state's leading heart and vascular program, top ranked for 16 straight years by U.S. News and World Report. If you were listening to the broadcast during the game, Troy was bringing up the idea of instead of getting a penalty shot or immediately going to a penalty shot, rather, to have the option the head coach can choose between a penalty shot and a power play. Because, you know, I don't know, maybe that would benefit the Hawks a little bit better to have two minutes of a man advantage towards the end of the second period and into the third period. Of course, it's easier to say that in hindsight, but I do appreciate the thought just for the sake of conversation. I I, I was trying to get the point across to Troy where I think, why I think the rule is the way that it is. Because when a penalty happens in hockey, whether it's a tripping or an interference or a holding um, or whatever, high-sticking, it it disrupts the play and it disrupts the other team from creating a play, for lack of a better phrase. When you commit a penalty that results directly to a penalty shot, the penalty is holding back a player from having a clear path at scoring a goal. So I think that's why it immediately goes to the penalty shot, and that's why the head coach doesn't get the option of either the power play or the penalty shot. That's that's a guesstimation. A fan was kind enough to send Troy a tweet and say that USA Hockey actually does enforce that rule. The head coach can choose between a penalty shot and a power play, and I think that can benefit the team if the guy who draws the penalty might not be that great of a a penalty shot attacker a penalty shooter if that's the proper term uh, and and this isn't a knock on it whistle this is all just for the sake of conversation a quick wikipedia search brought up the story of uh, the penalty shot was invented in the Pacific Coast Hockey Association back in the 1920s when league president Frank Patrick was fed up with the deliberate fouls on players with good scoring opportunities and introduced the free shot. So it looks like that's the origin of it. It eventually made its way to the NHL. 
and uh, it is where it is here today. But I always like talking about tweaking rules. I think it's a good way to grow and evolve the game, and I'm in I'm in favor of that rule change. I don't think it's one that's you know needs to be changed right now, but I'm I'm in favor of at least the conversation about it. Uh, let's hear from Isaac Phillips. He also chatted with the media after this three nothing loss to the Edmonton Oilers. I think like obviously you've said it a million times, but the efforts there. I think for us, like, we're in these games and, you know, we're like one shot away, two shots away the whole time. But, like, we're getting uh, we're getting through the zone, we're getting in, and then it's almost like one and done. So we just have to find a way to sustain pressure. Like, you know, we break in there, we play a little in the corner, and then they break it out and we're coming back the other way again. So I think for us it's just trying to sustain some pressure in the ozone. Is it getting harder to kind of hold on to those good efforts when you're not getting rewarded for them? Yeah, I think it's everyone's going to have to dig deep. I mean, guys take it on themselves differently, um, but it's definitely hard on everyone. Defensively, how did you stay in front of the Oilers I and mean, a fast team like this and, and break up some of those like backdoor chances, keep out of the uh, two-on-one rushes? Yeah, it's definitely a five-man effort when you're playing against like, a fast team like this. It can't just be the 2D gapping up. It's got to be you know, the forwards backtracking so then we can stay up and do our jobs. Um, and I thought we did a pretty good job of that for the most part. I mean, it got a little bit run and gun there um, on some of their goals and a little bit of chances, but for the most part, I think uh, we were staying up pretty well. Isaac Phillips nearly played 17 minutes tonight's game. He had five hits that led the Hawks. That actually led the game. Hawks out hit the Edmonton Oilers 28 to 19, and uh, one giveaway for Isaac Phillips tonight in this three to nothing loss to the Edmonton Oilers. Edmonton now on a 15 game winning streak. That's a franchise record. It's the third best streak. Out of any team in NHL history, they're too shy of tying the mark at 17 straight. And the Hawks, unfortunately, now suffering 19 straight road losses. They've picked up just two goals in their last three road games. They will try to end that skid on Saturday when they visit the Calgary Flames, a team that they have had a lot of success against over the past couple of years and also success against over at the Saddle Dome in Calgary. we got to get to another break. Uh, I think we're just going to paraphrase some of the sound from from Luke Richardson after tonight's game. Uh, but I do want to point out that tonight is Chris Chelios's birthday. So a happy birthday to Chelly, number seven, whose number seven will be retired in February on the 25th against the Detroit Red Wings at the United Center. That's going to be a 5 o'clock puck drop. That's going to be a lot of fun. We're also talking about having an extended pregame show and possibly a remote location near the United Center that day. So that'll be fun. Uh, but that type of day, those types of events, Hawks always do just such a fantastic job of putting on uh, quite a ceremony. So again, happy birthday to Chelly. And uh, tomorrow, coincidentally, is the Great One's birthday. Wayne Gretzky celebrating his birthday tomorrow. So a couple of hockey greats with birthdays buttoned up right next to each other. Hawks fall to the Edmonton Oilers tonight, 3 to nothing. We're recapping it here on the postgame show. 312-981-7200 if you'd like to call or if you'd like to text more on this when we come back. Blackhawks Hockey, 720 WGN. Hawks fall to the Edmonton Oilers, 3-0 tonight. Hawks shut out for the second time in their last three games. And actually, yeah, now the last four road games, the Hawks have only picked up a total of two goals. I guess I need to clarify that. 312-981-7200 if you'd like to join us. Get into the text line uh, from the 608 area code. It's our buddy Dexter in Bolingbrook. Joe, the other night some guy called in chirping that the defensemen of the future are here. What did he mean by that? Yeah, I remember that call 
Uh, somebody very emphatic about some of the young defensemen the Hawks have right now that are on the roster now that are still down in Rockford. But, I mean, I think there's a there's a great upside with a lot of these defensemen right now. I, I'm really enjoying the pair of Seth Jones and Alex Vlasic, Alex Vlasic especially because he's still just 22 years old and he's almost looking like a veteran out there. Tonight he had three hits. Uh, he had two takeaways, one blocked shots. He's just, he's always got that active stick. He's breaking up passes he's breaking up plays and he's got that long reach that long range he's just got a great understanding of his body and uh where to just be present and get in the way and he's just such a a big guy such an enforcer really really good upside of a defenseman to have in this organization as of right now i i liked isaac's phil isaac phillips game Uh, again Led the team with five hits tonight. Another big guy is again. The Hawks are are kind of shifting this the the look of their defensive core over the past couple of years with the previous regime. It was more about offensively skilled defensemen, but now they're going back to the old school, uh, big, aggressive, physical guys, and you're starting to see that mold a little bit more clearly now with guys like Vlasic and Isaac Phillips and Louis Crevier and. Obviously, Seth Jones and Connor Murphy had already been there. I mean, the one guy who stands out is Kevin Korchinski. He is more the offensively skilled defenseman guy, but that's one guy. I kind of like that dynamic. I like that ability to to have those that kind of hybrid, but but more so on the old school uh, of the defensive side of the game. Seven seven three area code strong effort. Mrazic great in goaltending. Richardson working hard. Okay, like the upbeat text three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. If you've got more of them, and yeah, I mean again the work ethic and the missed opportunities and the generated chances pretty similar the past couple of nights. If you want to throw in that Vancouver game that started this road trip as well. Okay, I think the offensive chances were better in these last two games, though. I mean, Mackenzie Entwistle hit the post in the first period tonight. Philip Kurashev had a couple of really good looks. Uh, Entwistle with the penalty shot chance. And, and none of this is to sugarcoat what's going on. You got a 19-game losing skid? That stinks. That, that's not good. It It's not passable for fans. I get that. But let's... Let's take a look at what the Hawks are lacking right now and what they're missing, and it's highly skilled offensive talent that other teams, that especially they're facing right now, have a lot of, like the Edmonton Oilers. And missing guys like Connor Bedard, now you notice how much, how big of a factor it is when Connor Bedard is not involved in the offense. Uh, we do have some sound from the head coach, Luke Richardson. Let's hear what he had to say after this 3 nothing loss to Edmonton. Satisfied with the referee's explanation of uh, the Foligno tripping penalty and that proved costly. Yeah, it did, and, and we got to kill that. When it gets down to ten seconds, we got to find a way to, to get those pucks and get them down the ice. But um, I, I didn't need the explanation. I know the rule. The rule has been changed a few years ago. Some players were still arguing. They don't think uh, uh, if you touch, the, if you get the puck first, uh, then it's not a trip. That, that's the old rule, and that's been changed. So uh, there, that was the that was the call. Uh, you know, I mean, I think you could debate whether, um, you know, Nick uh, already made the play and he fell over. Uh, but, you know, it's a trip is a trip when it's not the, the puck first anymore. 
the team's working really hard. Is it going to get harder to keep them playing like that when they're not getting rewarded for it? Uh, not if you want to stay in the NHL. Uh, I think that's that's the motivation, and um, you know the, these guys are getting maybe more opportunity here than they would at other places. So uh, I think they're they're excited about that, and uh, we're excited to see how far we can push it. Did you see the level of urgency from Reichel that you were looking for? You know, I, he was definitely showing some level of urgency, but some of his decision-making, I think he could use his speed to go wide where he took it through the middle a few times and lost it. Um, that's something somewhere where we're just going to continue to show him so he can identify where that open ice is a little bit quicker and uh, have the puck longer. You mentioned maybe making an adjustment to get more to the net and more traffic and everything. Is that something moving forward? I get there's only one game before the break, but yeah. generate more offense. You look at it. no, for sure. Uh, we'll we'll show some of the clips. Uh, we showed some uh, this morning from from yesterday, and we'll continue to show some of the things that worked uh, today and uh, where we can add. Uh, you know, maybe where we missed the chance to go. Uh, and sometimes we're going to have to uh, trust our forwards running high in the uh, O zone and, and let our D jump down into the play just to kind of break their defensive schemes and uh, create more lanes to the net. So we'll continue to do that, and uh, we'll do it again tomorrow for our last game before the break. A 19 straight road loss. Do you worry about that seeping into the mindset? <laughs> Not really. I, I don't really even know the number until... You love me. So, uh, you know, I mean, it, it is. It's another number. We know it's it's uh, it's a process right now. The organization where we're at, and um, you know, I mean, the wins and losses do count. You know, what I mean, and we do look at them, and you know, you don't feel good about a loss after a game. But uh, tomorrow's a new day, and we have to wake up and think that the next game is going to be the one that we break it. What was the key to kind of keeping uh, dry slide? I mean, uh, the McDavid line. Kind of under wraps for the most part. Um, well, Dickinson's line has been done a, done a good job all year. No matter who's on it, Nick's on it, or Blackwell's been on it since he's been back. I think they just do a great job, and and Dicky himself does a really good job in the middle, uh, running that line. And uh, you know, I mean, that's why he's a great penalty killer too. They know how to defend great players, and um, you know, I mean, by the end of the game, he's pretty pretty exhausted. It's 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 a taxing thing, and this is like if you ask any cornerback in the CFL to try and cover the fastest best players in the world uh, you know you're trying to guess where, where they're going so it's even a harder challenge than, than it is for those hard offensive players because they know where they're going so they have a half step ahead of you and you're always uh, reacting to that so uh, it takes a lot more energy to, to do that in a game and uh, they're doing a great job and unfortunately we can't on the road we can't dictate when, when they're going to be on the ice with them and, uh, that, that hurts sometimes but we can't control that so we hope the rest of the team paying attention to details and uh, looks after that. So going back to the beginning of when Luke was talking and referencing the Nick Felino tripping penalty that, that did play a big role in this game. Our guy Devin from Payless Hills calling in and asking about the officiating and the penalty led to a power play for Edmonton and Connor McDavid scoring the first goal, a power play goal in the second period on a play where Nick Felino trips the Edmonton Oiler player by going down and, and knocking the puck first, but with Felino and kind of his whole body down on the ice, his hand connected on the Edmonton Oilers skater's skate and took him down, so a tripping penalty. It sounds like there's kind of been an updated interpretation of that rule where it used to be if you touch the puck first, it doesn't immediately go down as a tripping penalty, but it looks like that that has been updated a little bit. I don't know that for a fact. It's just what I gathered from what Luke had been saying, uh, but it did cause me to open up the rule book and I you know, go to the tripping 
category. Didn't really find much, but underneath it on the penalty shot just kind of confirms what I was saying earlier in terms of the referee calling for a penalty shot. The intention of this rule is to restore a reasonable scoring opportunity, which has been lost. Like I said earlier, I feel like the reason why right now the rule isn't the head coach can decide between a penalty shot or a power play is because you know when an infraction has occurred that leads to a penalty shot. That was a direct result of one player preventing another player from getting a a clean opportunity on a clear path. Uh, So that's why the penalty shot is just immediately enforced. But again, it sounds like uh, some other youth leagues are incorporating the decision to either go with the penalty shot or the power play. The only other thing I wanted to pull out that Luke mentioned was about keeping team morale up after all of these losses despite good efforts. Unfortunately, Luke Richardson's got a lot of experience with that from last year. And I feel like the team did do a good job of keeping morale up uh, as the season progressed. I mean, remember the end of the year? Hawks had that huge win against Boston at the United Center, uh, slayed the Dragon of the Bruins, uh, directly eliminated the Pittsburgh Penguins from playoff contention, and then even brought the Philadelphia Flyers down to the wire in the last game of the season. Uh, Clearly it all worked out for the Hawks, landing the rights to Connor Bedard, but just an example of how this team can't keep spirits up despite all of this losing. One more break. When we come back, we'll take a look around the league. Hawks fall to the Edmonton Oilers, the hottest team in the NHL, 3-0. This is the Blackhawks postgame show on 720 WGN. For it to pop three, and it does. Majapani will grab it and drop it. Tweaker shoots and scores! Red Hot Mackenzie Weger has scored in back-to-back-to-back games. His 12th of the season ties this game at one. That's Derek Willis, Sportsnet 960, the fan. But that was not enough for the Calgary Flames. They fall to the Columbus Blue Jackets tonight, 5-2 over at the Saddle Dome. That is our next game preview, which is sponsored by Plumbers 911 Chicago, where they do it right the first time. The Blackhawks wrap up this West Coast road trip on Saturday in Calgary at the Saddle Dome. Hawks have had a lot of success there over there uh, the past couple of years. It's a 9 o'clock puck drop, and 8.30 FanDuel Sportsbook pregame show here on 720 WGN. With that loss tonight, Calgary drops to 21-22-5 and five on the season. Let's take a look around the league after the Hawks fall to the Edmonton Oilers 3 to nothing. Edmonton still the hottest team in the league, 15 straight wins. But now we go to Detroit. Now to Brinkett, another chance, rebound, we score, Dylan Larkin. He now has a 10-game point streak, fires it in to get the Red Wings the one nothing lead early in the second. Ken Cal of 97.1 FM, the ticket as Larkin picks up his 20th goal of the season in the Red Wings' 3-0 victory over the Philadelphia Flyers. Philly now on a four-game losing skid right after they just had a five-game winning streak. It was an intense one over in Montreal. Let's go up to Canada. We're down to 2.15 to go in the third. Islanders turn it over in their own end. Chance for the Canadians in the slot. Monaghan shoots and scores. Another Islander turnover. A Brendan Monaghan goal, his second of the night. And the Canadians are back on top, 4-3 to with 2.12 
to go in regulation time. Sean King of 88.7 FM. That was Sean Monahan with his second goal of the night. A 4-3 winner for the Montreal Canadiens over the New York Islanders. Underneath their new head coach, Patrick Waugh, they couldn't get him his first road victory. But man, it sounded like the United Center up at the Bell Center before that game. During the Canadian National Anthem, they showed a video montage for Patrick Waugh during the anthem, and the Habs crowd went absolutely nuts, just cheering throughout it entirely. Kind of gave you the chills as they uh, still love their old goaltender, Patrick Waugh. Let's finish things up in Ottawa. And Sanderson's got it. Stutzla attacks around Marchand, right of the net, shoots, and swimming the stop, two on one the other way. Here's Coyle over the line with Marchand. Far circle Marchand. Game on his stick. Shoots. He scores! Brad Marchand with a rocket low glove. Bruins win. Brad Marchand cranks it home. 24th goal of the season for Brad Marchand. That's our guy Judd Surratt. 98.5 the Sports Hub as the Bruins pick up their 30th win of the year. Blackhawks hockey has been sponsored by Sitco. When you start with Sitco, you're good to go. United Airlines, your Chicago and Northwest Indiana Hyundai dealers, Plumbers 911 Chicago, where they do it right the first time, and Northwestern Medicine. Big thanks to all the help here at the WGN Radio Studios, our production crew of Jack Heinrich and Alan Poppy. We're led by our captain tonight, the engineer Dan Long. Also got some help from Brett Jackson. Over at Canada, it was John Weideman and Troy Murray on the call. For everyone that I mentioned, I'm Joe Brand. Hawks fall to the Edmonton Oilers 3 to nothing. 